Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And today we are revisiting the Ranger, who yeah. got a lot of work done. <laughs> yeah, so first off, I recently re-listened to your original Ranger podcast, mm -hmm. which you should go back and listen to if you haven't already. The sound quality is not as good. But... No, well, I mean, it sounded pretty good for being recorded on your phone. Yeah, and my phone's crap, so. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, does Ranger still suck? If you have Tasha's cauldrons of everything, no, Ranger does not suck anymore. Is it going to excel as well as a fighter in a combat scenario or a druid in a caster scenario? No, but they're much better at being kind of the well-rounded class that it kind of feels like they're trying to do with it than it did back in the PHB days pre-UA. Well, that's good. Well, let, let's, let's delve into why Tasha... Uh, makes it so much better. All right, so Ranger got the most new features of any class. Like you look at like some classes only got the ability to change fighting styles or spells and nothing else because they were pretty good. Whereas Ranger has like three pages, two full pages of new features for the base class, and all of them are you take this Tasha's feature instead of a different feature. That's. Kind of sad. A little bit. Now, I'm, I was rereading. I had the Tasha's open and the player's handbook open next to me last night when I was going back through this. And I could see myself going for a certain type of ranger build where I would still take the PHB options sometimes. Okay. If only to have the mechanics reflect my character and their backstory fully. You can still get the same kind of thing with the new features. I think you want to be like, oh, my ranger hunts this monster specifically, like trolls, and that is what they hunt, and this is the environment they live in. You can still get that with the new features, but the old features are literally, you don't get lost in forests. You can speak giant because giants are your preferred foe. You can, you know, track them easily, but they didn't have extra damage to them oh. for base ranger, but they do now. Oh, that, that's good. So, uh, Deft Explorer, it replaces the Natural Explorer feature. And the Natural Explorer feature is the one where you choose an environment and your character is better at finding supplies, not getting lost, getting around, all that good stuff in that environment. And instead, what this one does is it gives you basically three features at first, sixth, and tenth level. Oh, wow. Okay. At first level, you get canny, so you get to double your... You get a skill proficiency that you basically have um expertise 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 and you get two additional languages so what that does is it replaces the languages that you would get from having a favorite enemy type with the favorite enemy feature okay um at sixth level you get roving which gives you an increased walking speed it also gives you climbing swimming yeah just climbing and swimming speeds it doesn't just give you flying <laughs> yeah it's just like oh i'm a ranger i can fly now whoosh you can if you're a swarm keeper. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, but th that's not because you're a ranger. That's because you're a swarm keeper. That's different. And then uh, tireless gives you temporary hit points. Yeah. As as an action, you it's it's, it's almost like a a a ranger's version of uh, second wind for fighter. Where oh. the fighter where the fighter heals themselves with their second wind, the ranger can give themselves some temporary. Hit points. Oh, and you uh, lose exhaustion for each short rest rather than long rests. Mm -hmm. Which, we haven't played much with exhaustion, but 
No, but we, we also kind of metagame and we're just like, well, we don't want any levels of exhaustion, so we're going to rest regularly yeah. anyway. You, you don't have to convince us of that. <laughs> so the, the Deft Explorer is to replace that uh, environment thing, which is fine. The environment ability of the Ranger is really more thematic than anything. Uh, the thing about Ranger is the, the pillar of play where Ranger excels is the exploration pillar. And personally, I feel like that's the pillar of play that gets shunted the most. I think combat is the one that never, like, very few people, I don't know anybody that plays D&D that is like, yeah, we don't ever do combat. It's just role-playing and exploration. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that... if that's your table, that's great. I want to know about it because I would yeah. not, we've had sessions where we have no combat. Yes. But we still, you know, there's still roles. There's still the potential of combat, and there's still plenty and of role-playing and stuff. That, that's one thing that I feel like, without heavily modifying the rules of it, that's where D&D shines is on the combat. Absolutely. I've had DMs that argue that D&D is a combat game with role-playing and exploration tacked on, which I disagree with. I think 5th edition is very good about making all three of those pillars <clears throat> excuse me, um, a big part of the game. But combat is absolutely more rules heavy and not not to mention like i, I feel like that's the focus of D 5e and ranger being so weak in 5e really kind of punches that home right and i mean and the thing is that you look at some of the other classes like bard who bard is capable in combat and but they really shine in the social interaction part of the game that's that's really bard's arena they, they they do better there, but like bards are still way more powerful in combat than rangers. Right, are. right. It's not it's not a one to one uh, comparison. Yeah, but I think with ranger being given the actually exploration pillar of play as their area to shine in, that's why that's part of why they're so weak is because that's the part of the game that has the least is the least rules heavy. Um, it has the most abilities that can easily overcome it i mean you have spells and features that allow you to charm people and intimidate people and oh yeah control the uh social interactions whereas with exploration it's like oh you're lost well a ranger can get you unlost or you can just use that spell you picked up in our session find the path but i'm a cleric <laughs> yeah you can find the path uh, i mean granted it's a six level spell so it's not going to help you out early on where right. a ranger would like, oh we don't have a ranger or a to help us find food, the druid can just take Goodberry. Yep. <laughs> I, I heard from uh, another DM the other day that a lot of people he knows, rather than playing a ranger, would just play a fighter with an outlander background. Because the outlander background gets that wilderness yeah. savviness, but yeah. then they're, they're more capable. Um, but I, I definitely think Tasha's helped ranger a lot, and I still like rangers. Well, let, let, let's dive into favorite foe then here. <laughs> favorite foe replaces the favorite enemy, uh, which is the one where you choose a, a monster type to be an expert on, and be and that's what you hunt. What favorite foe does is when you attack an enemy, you can then concentrate on them to mark them as your favorite foe, and then you deal extra damage to them. Uh, I think you can find them more easily. So basically, rather than a type. It's a specific A specific creature, creature, yeah. Which I think that makes a lot more sense for a ranger because, mm. like, I don't know any hunters that, like, 
oh, I specialize in deer and only deer. It's like, no, no, like, well, you might be good at tracking deer, but. Right, like, if that's what you're most, I know people that are really avid hunters, and, like, my father-in-law hunts uh, whitetail and turkey. Those are the two things he hunts mostly. Yeah. And he's really good at hunting really any whitetail or turkey, but it's. But th- it's th- those those when same you're... skills apply to learning other things to hunt as well, so, like. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're a ranger, it's just like, oh, I only hunt this very specific thing that appears in the Underdark. Okay. Right. And I, I know hunters that, a lot of hunters that I know, they, they do trail cams during the off season. So they know what deer are going to be in the land that they're hunting. And they can be like, oh, I know that I want to hunt this buck. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the cams on our property to see where he's going to be. And that's mm-hmm, really how mm-hmm. how they hunt is they're not just like I just hunt deer and I just go out in the woods and when I see a deer I kill it it's you know they know they pick I want that buck because he's big and will give me a lot of meat and he has a big rack that I can put on as a trophy and <laughs> I hate that rack it both <laughs> talks about deer and boobs because I'm just imagining a, a, a buck out there with his horns and giant human tits. <laughs> Where would they be? Would they hang off the bottom, or would they be on like the chest know. part? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to know. If a deer wore pants, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but with with these two features, with favorite foe and deft explorer, you can absolutely still play your ranger as I hunt goblins. I protect civilization from orcs. I I uh, I watch the giants, and you know, and and I like the ranger that doesn't just go out and just slay everything. You know, rangers right. are like druids. They understand the natural balance and the natural order, which is why the ranger from uh, Xanathar's Guide, the Horizon Walker, makes yeah. so much sense to me. Is that Oh, they're hunting extra planner things that come onto the prime material because they don't belong here. They're invasive yeah. species. You know, they're going to F things up. Whereas something like a, a, a hunter ranger or a gloomstalker ranger might be more of, oh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to watch these monsters and if they don't get close to civilization, I'm not going to mess with them. They're not hurting anyone. They're just out here in the wilderness. I'm just going to track them and make sure that they are staying where they need to stay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. They do get some new spells. Yes, sir. Uh, three of them being new to Tasha's. Uh, yeah, summon beast, summon fey, and summon elemental. Yeah. Uh, I like envisioning this as your ranger has made friends while they're out in the wilderness. And that's yeah, how they summon them. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, like some sort of fey pact or... Actually, uh, speaking honestly. of those summon spells, side tangent here. I was oh, watching... wow, that's, that's surprising on this podcast. <laughs> I was watching a an episode of WebDM, who I shot out a lot on this podcast because they're great and you should check them out. And they were talking about this idea that I really want to bring into our game. And when a player casts a summon spell that can summon different varieties of things, like summon fey or summon beasts, those spells have, you know, like, oh, like there's the one spell that summons a pack of beasts and you choose like a CR and what type of beast you want to summon. What they do is at their table is the DM chooses what you summon. Oh, unless you go on a quest 
to entreat a specific spirit to be able to summon that. So he's like, if you want to summon wolves, you have to go to this forest, meet oh. the wolf king, and like do a favor for the wolf king. And then if you do that, then you can choose as the druid to summon wolves specifically. Okay, I, I really like that because it kind of makes me feel like... Uh... Like in that time I got reincarnated as a slime, how they have to go through and like, oh yeah, we're going to teach you how to summon this spirit so your body doesn't degrade because you were pulled in from the normal world right. and you can't handle magic. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's something that I really like. And um, as a as a ranger, if one of my, if I had a ranger player that was like, hey, can I have met this fey in the wild? Like if they're playing the fey wanderer from Tasha's. And then I could be like, yeah, you could summon that fae. Like, you could summon a, a brownie to come and fight. I don't know if brownie's actually a one in 5e. Or, like, a red cap or something like that. Yeah. Um, now, or I, a hag. I, I do have to say, they did get a lot of good uh, support spells, mm -hmm. like uh, meld into stone, revivify. Entangle. Greater restoration. Aid. Aid's a good spell. Yep. Uh, and then also having access to magic weapon and elemental weapon is really nice. It is really nice. And, I mean, magic weapons, second level, elemental weapon, third level, so you can get those pretty early on. So if you're like, I'm shooting this and it's not having any effect, well, let's just cast magic weapon and... Mm. Uh, they get some new fighting styles, blind fighting and thrown weapon fighting, which makes sense for a ranger. And they get druidic warrior, which only only ranger gets. Oh, None of the other fighters that get fighting I mean, can get it. it, it it's thematic. Yeah, where you just you get a couple druid cantrips. They also get a focus with Tasha's. Oh. So in the player's handbook, rangers have some spellcasting ability, but they don't get a focus. But Tasha's is like you can get a druidic focus. Okay. For your ranger spells. Sprig of mistletoe or holly, a wand or a rod made of another special wood, or you. Uh. A staff drawn whole from a living tree or an object incorporating feathers, fur, bones, teeth, and other parts from sacred animals. Good stuff. Well, so, yeah. Primal Awareness, which replaces Primeval Awareness, which I'm going to quick reference real quick in the PHB, because I don't remember that one off the top of my but, head. But yeah, you get spells. Uh, they don't count against the number you know you get speak okay. with animals beast sense speak with plants locate creature and commune with nature so the the feature it replaces primeval awareness is the one that lets you expend a spell slot to focus on the region or your awareness on the region around you and sense whether you know aberrations celestials dragons elementals fey fiends or undead are in the area and if you're in your excuse me favorite terrain it extends that out to six miles rather than a mile so the, I'm looking basic... at this list of spells, and it does the same thing. Yeah, just, just instead of it being for extra planner, you can do anything. It's for more natural. So I like it a lot. And then, of course, you get martial versatility, which lets you change out your spells. Or well, your your fighting. Or sorry, your style. fighting styles. They don't get the ability to change out their spell, their cantrips and stuff. But I don't even think rangers have cantrips. I think rangers no. just have leveled spells. Nope, they only have leveled spells. they're half casters. Um, well, a lot of half casters do get cantrips, but... Do they? Just, I don't think Paladin gets cantrips. Hmm. I know Artificer does. I, oh, wait, no. Cleric is not a half caster. No, Cleric's a full caster. <laughs> I keep forgetting that, because <laughs> like, they're so focused on... 
focused focused on melee combat that I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, such good brawlers that you forget to use your non-healing spells sometimes. Well, you don't because you're because Ookley's just been like raining down the radiant damage. Oh, yeah. For a lot of this campaign. Oh, yeah. Ookley's just like, come into the light and burn. <laughs> you will experience tranquility. I'm not asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you have Nature's Veil, which uh, replaces the hide in plain sight feature. And allows you to turn invisible instead of hiding in plain sight. Which is... Works for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you can flavor it as pretty much the same thing. You know, you become invisible because you're so good at blending into your surroundings and, and whatnot. So let's quick dig into... Before we dig into the two new archetypes, at the end of the chapter on Ranger, we have Beastmaster Companions. So rather than having an animal as your companion you summon a beast of the land, sea, or sky. And you kind of choose what they look like, and they have different features and abilities. If it dies, you can expend a spell slot to bring it back, or you can just resummon it after a long rest. Okay. And they're they're pretty great. They're just... Which, let basically, this is just like, oh, you want more roleplay opportunities so that you can have, like, a bear, but... You know, you can't hit the CR of a bear or something like that. Sure, yeah. Or it just, just makes it more useful. Mm-hmm. Because, let's see, so their armor class is your is 13 plus your proficiency bonus. Yep, all three beasts have that. Uh, the hit points look like it's all 5 plus 5 times your ranger level. Except the beast of the sky. There's this 4 plus 4 times your ranger level. So okay. the one that can fly is a little bit squishier, but it has flyby. And then, uh, yeah, it just has flyby and attack. The beast of the sea can uh, grapple things, and then the uh, beast of the land just uh, hits harder. Yeah, and it can charge if it runs at least twenty feet. It deals extra damage yeah. with its attack. Also, they all have dark vision and a passive perception of 12. Mm -hmm. Good to know. I like the Beast of the Land. If I was playing a ranger, I have a lot of... I have, like, three different character ideas that are, like... Like, a a barbarian, a druid, and a ranger who are all very, like, boar-themed. Because I like wild boars. And I would have my Beast of the Land be, like... The boar god from Princess Mononoke. Oh. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Before it got all corrupted. Yes. But, yeah, uh... Acts during your turn. It can move and use use its reaction on its own, but it only takes action, the dodge action unless you use a bonus action. So yeah, not 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 straight up a action economy like the uh, summon celestial is. Right. I would also um, allow the damage types to be changed because the beast of the land is is slashing, beast of the sky is slashing, and the beast of the sea is piercing or bludgeoning. But I would be like, if oh, if your beast of the land is like a gorilla. Yeah, that's gonna. I would allow it. I would be like, yeah, it can be bludgeoning, or if it's like a porcupine, I would say, yeah, it can be piercing. (laughs) I'm just imagining a porcupine running up and just like stabbing it with one of its quills, (laughs) and just continually stabbing it. (laughs) Be stupid, but (laughs) I guess it works. Porcupines are monsters, man. My my father-in-law has to do a lot of work up at the cabin because of porcupine damage. Oh, like those those little bastards chew through everything. But that's because their teeth never stop growing. So they got to chew. All right, let's talk about the two new archetypes, because I like them. 
I read them last night, and I'm like, holy cow, I forgot how cool these were. <laughs> okay. So, if, if you if you happen to have Tasha's, make sure you look at the little sub label underneath the art for Fey Wanderer, because that's not a tiefling. That's, no, it's That's not. a human Fey Wanderer. Why do they uh. have horns? Because being a Fey Wanderer physically changes your appearance to make you more Fey-like. Okay. The other thing I like about the Fey Wanderer is when it, when it describes how a ranger becomes a Fey Wanderer, it doesn't say... They go to the Feywild and they become a ranger there. It's they eat fruit from a talking tree. They swim in a sacred pool. They meet and be befriend a archfey. So they don't necessarily have to go to the Feywild. They can just have okay. met a fey and been changed by that experience. Yep. And your favorite quote, do you think a kilt is a vital part of the Fey wandering <laughs> aesthetic? If not, why are you so wrong? I got married in a kilt for those that don't know. I... I I think kilts are awesome. A lot of my D&D characters have worn kilts over the years because kilts are badass. Um, so the Fey Wanderer really is just like, I have Fey Force behind all of my abilities. <laughs> it's just really oh, what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, Dreadful Strikes lets you add psychic damage to one weapon attack per round. Uh, it starts at a D4, goes up to a D6 later. So psychic damage, very powerful there. And that's really, I look at that and then I look at the favored foe feature and I'm like, with these new base class features, rangers can really start stacking on damage. Because it's weapon damage, plus favored foe damage, plus psychic damage from dreadful strikes. You're going to need your full dice set with these ones. Yeah. Um, and that works for me. It gives, it gives ranger kind of a niche that they didn't have among the martial classes. Yeah. At least the non-tanky ones. You know, a ranger, rogue, monk. Rogue is like... I have super heavy burst damage with one attack, <laughs> whereas uh, Monk is, I'm going to hit you a lot, so mm -hmm. I might get more crits, and I'm going to be able to consistently deal damage, and Ranger just kind of was like there yeah, when it came to their combat abilities, but now they have, oh, I'm going to stack on like three or four different types of damage all at once to you. So something's going to hit. Something's going to stick, dang it. Uh, they get some new spells, and they're very Fae-themed. Charm Person, Misty Step, Dispel Magic, Dimension Door, and Mislead. Okay, but, like, Misty Step. Misty Step is one of the best spells in the game. Misty Step is so good. It's so good. good. Speaking of Misty Step, their level 15 feature, Misty Wanderer, lets them cast Misty Step once per long rest. Or no, a number of times you can your Wisdom modifier per, per long rest without using a spell slot. And when you cast Misty Step, whether you're doing it using this feature or just as a spell, using a spell slot, you can bring someone with you. Holy shiza. Yeah. Battlefield control, baby. Fey Wanderer is dope. But anyway, uh, back to the Feywild gifts. These are uh, the things that change your appearance. You know, butterflies flutter around you while you sleep. Uh, seasonal flowers sprout from your hair every dawn. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, you gain horn, you grow horns or antlers, your skin and hair change color to match the season. You smell like cinnamon. I like that one. Or lavender, nutmeg, or a comforting herb or spice. I'm going to smell I, like I, ginseng I, all the time. I would love that because you'd never have to wear deodorant anymore. Mm -hmm. You just always smell nice. My ranger is green and smells like ginseng, so he just smells like a monster energy drink all the oh, time. Oh, no. No. Okay. Podcast is over. We're canceled. We're not making any more episodes. We're done. Bye. My Fey Wanderer is going to have grown horns and little little bug wings because he smells like Red Bull. <laughs> We're done.
done. I also like your shadow dances while no one is looking directly at it. So like people will see it out of the corner of the eye, just like doing like the disco point. I'm just imagining like your or cat. flossing. I'm just imagining it just like the bluey intro. <laughs> Your shadow's just like da, 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 da. as long as no one's looking at it, and then somebody looks at it, it'd be like Baby Groot at the end of the first Guardians, where whenever Drax turns and looks, he freezes in the middle of his dance pose. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that would be funny too, because then your shadow doesn't match what you're doing, or you move around, but your shadow doesn't because someone's watching it. <laughs> okay, so I, I do have a question though. Uh, what does it mean your skin and hair change color to match the season at each dawn? It means when you wake up on the 20th of June, your hair and skin go from green or like like green skin, pink hair for spring to like golden tan skin and bleached blonde hair for summer. So what you're saying is there's a lot of options with that. Yeah. Just make sure... So what you need to do is you need to go and look up a, a fashion guide for what colors are in each season. There you go. And, like, you just have to be like the Miyaki Mugler of the Feywild. <laughs> oh, jeez. That would actually be really fun for, like, a really super, like, fashion-forward ranger. <laughs> and I like that, because before we, after we finish these classes, I want to talk about rangers that don't hate society. So <laughs> they oh. don't hate being among people. But we'll get to that. Um what else do we have? Otherworldly Glamour, which lets you add your... Or you gain a bonus to your Charisma check. So any Charisma check, you add your Wisdom to it as well. That's good. And then you gain Proficiency with Deception, Performance, or Persuasion. Yep. Uh, beguiling fun. Twist. So this is a cool one. We're getting some so M. Night, Night Shyamalan. So if you here. or someone else within 120 feet of you succeeds on a saving throw against being charmed or frightened, you can use a reaction to make something else make that saving throw. Oh. So if somebody tries to charm your buddy and your buddy resists it, you can then turn that around and have that monster be charmed by you instead. It's like you like you literally twist that en enchantment it's magic like, back on the caster. It's like you're my friend now. No, no, no. no. You're my, you're my friend. friend. <laughs> uh, Our spell. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Fave Reinforcements, which uh, you know Summon Fae. It doesn't count against your ranger spells. You can cast it once without a spell slot. And you can modify it so it doesn't require concentration, but it has a shorter duration. So rather okay. than, what is it, an one hour out, of Summon Fae, it's a minute of Summon Fae that you don't have to concentrate on. So, I mean, that, that, that's I mean, how long do our combats done. usually last? Like four or five rounds? Yeah, so, <laughs> so less than a minute. Less than a minute. Ugh, yeah, I like the I like the Fey Wanderer a lot. I think it's Yanni's a cool class, egg. and I also like it for playing a ranger who. Back when we talked about druids, <clears throat> I talked about the druid being kind of like the go between between the Fey of an area and the prime material denizens living there. Yeah, this the, a Fey Wanderer ranger could absolutely fill that role in your world. Oh, definitely as well. And then the we already went over the Misty Wanderer, so yeah. let let let's get on to Ashino the ranger. <laughs> the 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 swarm keeper so the swarm itself isn't actually bugs it's nature spirits it's a swarm of nature spirits that you've bonded with they can look like insects twig blights birds pixies i would say you could choose pretty much any small critter or creature to <laughs> have their appearance but the thing is they can fly 
Like they they fly around. So if you do something like twig blights that don't have wings, they're just kind of floating. But yeah, I mean that could be still interesting. Uh, so once per turn, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can force them to take an extra one d six piercing because the swarm hits them. The swarm can push them if they fail a strength saving throw, or they can move you away. Now it doesn't say that you can't be attacked with attacks of opportunity. Uh, but I would say you can. Like, if you use your swarm feature to move you away from a target, I would be like, yeah, you can absolutely uh, not be attacked with an attack of opportunity when you do that. Because the swarm is moving you and protecting you. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. You get some sweet spells. Fairy Fire, Mage Hand, Web, Gaseous Form, Arcane Eye, and Insect Plague. And there's a little blurb in Tasha's that says, it's your swarm. And it talks about changing the description of your spells to fit with your swarm. So, like, when you use gaseous form, instead of turning into, like, a gas, you turn into the swarm. Oh, so you'd be, like, the new planeswalker from Modern Horizons 2, Grist. Who turns into bugs? Well, he is a swarm of bugs. Oh. Or, well, they. They are a swarm of bugs. And the thing is, the swarm of bugs that they are changes every time they switch planes. Huh. To, like, match the environment that they're in? Yep. Because oh, cool. the bugs that they are a swarm of can't come with them when they planeswalk. Oh, that's interesting. Um, what else do we have here? Writhing Tide. You can condense your swarm to lift you up and gain a flying speed of 10 feet in a hover. That, so, I mean, it's not a lot of flying speed, but... I mean, hey, that... that, that you still, can be, you can be a, standing... A 10-foot float, just, like, slowly getting up there, it's enough to get height advantage if you yeah. want to start using that as a way of saying like yep you're you you have the high ground take advantage on your rolls yeah exactly you just get up to a high point where you can't be reached 20 or, like 15 20 feet up in the air and add, add one d4 damage start raining arrows down you, you've got the high ground anakin uh 11th level mighty swarm enhances your um swarm, swarm attack features uh their your gathered swarm damage goes up uh if they fail the saving throw oh. against being pushed you can knock them prone and you get half cover when you get moved by your swarm. So initially it wouldn't help you, but at this level it would. Yeah, it gives you half cover. I still think that you shouldn't be able to make an opportunity attack when the swarm moves you out of harm's way, but... True. Maybe that's just me. Maybe if we ever have a swarm keeper who is a gnome and his swarm is gnats in our party, we'll try it out and see if it breaks the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, gnarly gnashing sick. Someday. I can't wait for that character, Tim. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited to. I hope that you play him when I'm DMing because I want to DM that character so bad. <laughs> just so people know, Tim is sitting over here, just a little ways away, playing Minecraft, and he's he's giggling. <laughs> and then my favorite feature, swarming dispersal. When you take damage, you can use your reaction to give yourself resistant to that damage, vanish into your swarm, and reappear thirty feet away. So somebody hits you with their weapon, and you just flip them off, turn into bugs, and then reappear somewhere else. Okay, I was just like, wait, how often can you use this? Because that's amazing. It's a proficiency bonus. Proficiency bonus, long rest. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. But you get it at 15th level, at which point your proficiency bonus is like plus four or five, I think. Yeah, at some point point soon it goes to six, so like... (laughs) Yeah, that that's that's hella useful. Fifteenth level is plus five, and it goes up at six 
at 17th to plus six. So, so, so five times per long rest, which if you use like the normal four combats per long rest that it recommends in the DMG, then you have it. You could use it every single combat and twice one combat at 15th level. Yeah. Dang. It's pretty good. That is a really good uh, spell. Okay, Brandon. Broke. Oh, oh, whoa. Oh, yeah, that's the bad one. Hold on, I'm moving my... I'm getting a new chair. We're taking a slight intermission before uh, we get a new chair. Were you sitting and watching your food pack? Okay, so I'm actually really interested to see how much sound that had. <laughs> okay. What's next? Oh, yeah. Well, now we're just going to talk about rangers in general. Um, yeah. So the thing I don't like about ranger... The thing that bugs me the most is not even Ranger's fault. It's the character archetype that you know I hate of the lone wolf character. The, I don't play well with others. I don't trust anybody but this, my, my dog. <laughs> like, I don't like that character. This game is about people coming together to form a party of adventurers and work together to do stuff. And if you've got a character <coughs> that's going to take a long time for the party to trust them, I think we did an episode on this on this archetype alone, then you are asking your party, your the other players in your group, to devote a lot of role-playing time to you. Now, Which, I, I will say that... If everyone's down, that's, that'll be, that could be a lot of fun. I will say the, the begrudging loner, so like, they say they're a lone wolf, but they're really just being a Sundere POS. <laughs> uh, and they're just like, it's not like I want to party with you or right, anything. Right, that, that, that works, because you're... you're you're playing the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not choosing to, all right, we break camp. How are you guys role-playing, you know, hanging out and tending? And the ranger goes, I build my own fire about 20 feet away from the rest of the camp where I sit and stare and don't do anything and don't talk to anybody and give one-word answers. Stop. You're not, You're not fun. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Nobody wants you at their table. Unless their one-word answers are just like, hey, so how are you feeling today? Bussy, <laughs> just ridiculous ranger. I mean, I don't mind like the gruff, stoic character, but when it gets in the way of, you know, engaging with the other players at your table, then yeah, why are you playing that character? It doesn't sound like it'd be fun for anybody. Why are you playing D and D? Right, this is a social game. Stop being antisocial. Um, when I think about rangers, D and D paints them for the default setting as these protectors of civilization from the threats of the wilderness, and they stole that from uh, Lord of the Rings, because that's that's Rangers' job. Like Rangers are profession in the Lord of the Rings world. There's the Dúnedain in I think the north, and they you know hunt orcs and keep trolls from going south into the northern reaches of civilization. And then Gondor has Rangers that are part of their military on the borders of Mordor that you know on orcs and keep them from getting into Gondor. They really don't like orcs. <laughs> Tolkien shame. was like, there's one kind of bad guy. This is a shame because orcs... Well, uh, Tol Tolkien orcs aren't that, that great, but like, orcs are great. Orcs, are, orcs are fun. And... Especially when they play football. <laughs> What's that game? Is that an actual game? Yeah, there's an actual game. I can't remember the name of it. I remember but... that. Just like, And they have like spiked armor and shit for mm -hmm. their... For their shoulder pads. And they use like a goblin as the ball instead of a football. Oh my gosh. Of course they do. Um, it sounds like Warhammer more than... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of like the default idea of a ranger. 
and I like it. I think it works, but I don't like that they have to be like, oh, they don't like to come to the city, and they never do. Like, why not? Why wouldn't they, you know, want to go get a beer and or sometime? And or like, maybe the Rangers are the protectors of the city. They care about that space, so yeah. they're gonna want to be there. Yeah, if, it, if they hate civilization they... so much, why do they care? Why do they care to protect it? Like one of yeah. the one of like the character traits that it has for Ranger in Xanathar's, I think, is your Ranger believes that civilization makes people weak and soft and uh, complacent. And so, like... So, Boring. Yeah, so, like, why why would your character... Why wouldn't your Ranger, if that's what they think, you know, let monsters through on purpose from time to time to try to toughen up the, the soft city folk? Yeah, no, no. They're not a very good ranger if they're doing that. that. I mean, if they, if they try and fail, that's one thing. But if there's like, oh, I'm going to let this hill giant get through and eat the grain stores and yeah, no. kill some sheep no. and no. crush some farmers because they need to toughen no. up. Like, that, wow. That, that, that's, not, that's not good. Okay. That's not good ranging. Like, expanding on my idea, I'm imagining like some fashionista ranger that's like really <laughs> popular, not only because... And I'm going to say she because I don't come up with many female character concepts and I feel like this would be really fun. But not only because she's a model, she looks like Linda Evangelista, like she she's just beautiful and she always is on season, on point with her looks. But she also protects the town because she's a badass. Right, and that could be something that the, the townsfolk would all know her because she's going to come into town every other month or every month and get some new and sell some old clothes, get some new clothes, get some supplies. Like like yeah, rangers are adept at surviving in the wilds, but there's still stu- there's still amenities and supplies that you can't get in the wilderness. Exactly. I mean like she could come in and be like, "Oh, yep." And like I'm just imagining somebody like out in the wilderness still in heels. <laughs> just like Oh yeah, let like me... every bad action movie. Where... Like, like let, let me just do a death drop while I I, I shoot you with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go prone to gain half cover behind this bush, but while I'm death dropping behind this bush, I'm gonna I'm shoot gonna you. I'm gonna launch an attack. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bunch of inspiration. But by, by, by the <laughs> by the way, that's the the whole death drop terminology actually is kind of offensive because is it really? Yeah, because it's. Uh, actually from a dance move from the ballroom scene called a dip where you do the exact same thing but it, it's part of the five pillars of ballroom uh, which one of the pillars is spins and dips where you spin around and then you fall to the floor like that. Huh. Why is it offensive? Because it's basically changing black culture from what it actually is to let's just appropriate this because a white girl said death drop. Oh. News to me. I learned something today. Yeah. Today I learned that nothing is safe of a pro- from appropriation. <laughs> nothing no, is sacred. No, no granted, the, the white girl that popularized Death Drop, she's just like, yeah, no, guys, it, it's called a dip. I, I learned this. Please please stop calling them Death Drops. Yeah, good for her. I don't know who she is, but good for her. Um. Anyways, Rangers. I like... One of my favorite, like the, the stereotypical image of the ranger is Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings movies, which I know you haven't seen because you've always fallen asleep. But yep, a lot of our viewers or listeners, not viewers, will remember the scene where he's sitting in the corner in the dark, smoking his pipe. That's your ranger. She's like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm so confused as to why you 
goof up the viewer listener thing because we have never recorded video for this. We don't record video for anything. You don't have a YouTube channel or anything like that. I watch a lot of YouTube. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I watch a lot of different YouTubes about all of my hobbies. Like, usually if I'm, like, grinding Dungeons in Final Fantasy or grinding bosses in Borderlands or sitting around doing D&D prep, I'm listening to D&D, Borderlands, Final Fantasy, Pokemon, like, just YouTube videos. I just put them on in the background and listen to them. (laughs) So you you, you get a lot of, what's up, guys, (laughs) kind of stuff. (laughs) No, I don't follow any of those channels. They all have better intros than that. <laughs> I, I, I do regrettably follow one channel about that, but or that does that. But I mean, if the content's good, I'll get over it. They, they explore banding buildings and talk about oh, different cool. projects that were banded, abandoned. It's really fun. Uh, you can have rangers that do that, explore abandoned buildings. Oh, hey, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, a modern setting. Modern like, setting, ur- urban, urban ranger. Urban explorer ranger. I like... See, usually when I think of urban ranger, I think of bounty hunter. You know, somebody who's not a cop, but goes and tracks down people that bu- jump bail or are hiding out, tracks them down. And I'm definitely not a cop. <laughs> but now that you're talking about that, what if your your urban ranger is that? They explore abandoned buildings, they do parkour, they, uh, See, th- this is they why do I, free running. I want to do a modern D&D setting at some take, point. Take the feet, the, athletic, the acrobatic feet for your ranger. Oh yeah, definitely. Which... I've been thinking about playing the cl- the jobs of Final Fantasy XIV in 5th edition D&D without homebrewing anything, and a ranger with the acrobatics feet is how I got to Dragoon. Oh. The acrobat feet plus the polearm mastery feet, so you can jump really high and do spins in the air and attack with your spear, and uh, dragons are your favorite foes. There you go. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> You're a Dragoon now. Congratulations. That, that, uh, you have to take a feat for... Uh, heavy armor i guess yeah if, if you really want to get on theme if you really want to get on theme which that would be awesome too is you're clanking around in like a full chainmail shirt and just like leaping into the air gracefully yeah yeah i mean it's what it's what dragoons do in it final fantasy do. so in summation is ranger better than it was a year ago when i recorded last episode yeah tasha's two years ago two was it two years ago 2019 like, holy cow yeah, time flies. We're we're, we're still a pretty new podcast, we, but it's we did it's have year a three. Big, we did have a big break of podcasts when you know COVID broke out. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty was kind of a whoopsies. Um, but anyways, uh, where was I? What was I thinking? Rangers are they better than they used to be? Absolutely. Were they ever as bad as a lot of people think they are? I don't think so, personally. At most tables, I would say yes. Um. The other, the other beautiful thing about fifth edition, which I've heard some people say is not is a weak point of the edition, but personally, I think it's a strong point of the edition, is there really aren't terribly weak builds compared to like three five, where you could make a bad character. In oh yeah, three five. Yeah. You could make a character that just sucked. You could have all great rolls for your stats, but then the the choices you make for their build could make a character that just sucks. And with fifth edition, it's definitely possible to make better or worse characters but the way the edition structured i have not yet found with all the characters you guys have played and the couple that i've played i haven't seen any bad characters i've definitely seen characters that make quote-unquote non-meta decisions for like what kind of weapon they use how they right. the, the things they choose to do and that's all in service of playing the character and what i like about fifth edition is being in service of role-playing the character doesn't 
have as much of a detriment to the mechanics of the character. Now, I will say, if you're playing a homebrew class, it is very, very easy within the rules of D&D 5e to make a bad class. Yes, or a, or an OP one. Yes, but um, I would say that the balance of 5e is closer to Final Fantasy XIV's balance than it is to World of Warcraft's balance. <laughs> um, Whereas 3.5 was very much more a WoW balance. Yeah, there was, there, was, there was definitely better options for everything. And 5th edition has better options, but the... the the this the void between the worse option and the better option is much smaller. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's that's true in Final Fantasy. It's too. like whenever whenever you see any like YouTuber on Final Fantasy fourteen talk about di- comparing jobs, they always preface it. No matter who it is, they always preface it with "You can and will clear every bit of content in this game with any job." Mm-hmm. Like it's not you're not going to get kicked out of a party. Because you're playing a machinist. Okay, Not you, anymore. <laughs> okay, you, you, you still might get kicked out because people are douchebags, but it happens a lot less frequently than... Oh, yeah. It's not like... I remember hearing that machinists were getting kicked in... Was it was it still Heavensward? Or was it Stormblood when people were just kicking machinists? It was Stormblood because back in Heavensward, they still had that huge RNG burst. Mm-hmm. That was like... You could, could get it off enough it. that it was, it was still worth it. Yeah. And then... Yeah, Bard just sucked in 14. We could totally, we could probably do a whole nother podcast about just 14. But oh, yeah, definitely, but we don't have the time. <laughs> we don't have the time, and we're not that big of, like, endgame players and whatnot. We're too casual to, like, really dig into there, There's a space for casual 14 content. There, there absolutely is. You want to know why? Because I've been playing Final Fantasy 14 at a very casual level since A Realm Reborn. So, <laughs> Well, stay tuned. We might have another podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Right, because I need more time away from home. <laughs> Maybe when my kids get older and they're a little more self-sufficient. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I'll probably still be playing Final Fantasy fourteen when my kids are... If it's still around when Saoirse's old enough to like start playing that kind of game, I will absolutely be playing it with her. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or or the next Final Fantasy MMO that comes out, because when Final Fantasy fourteen starts to stop getting support, I'll probably jump ship to the next Final Fantasy MMO. Unless they really, unless they do another Realm of 14. Uh, one dot, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Anyways, uh, next is ro- is Rogues. Yep. Rogues, we're gonna baby. Get, we're going to get stabby stabby. We did and not get a lot in Tasha's because they didn't need it. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. So uh, don't be the lone wolf. Remember, the pack is stronger together. And play a ranger that views the party as their pack and loves them. And as always. Keep on delving.